When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. So, welcome to Friday's episode of the podcast, another week. But this week (laughs) is a little bit different because obviously outside of certain tiers of the country, uh, people were already in lockdown, like all of our mates in Wales and some parts of the north. But for us in the south... We entered lockdown yesterday, so we thought Georgia and I really needed an extra pair of hands mentally, (laughs) physically, emotionally, um, to answer today's questions on breastfeeding and bottle feeding. So we decided to uh, open up our little black book and invite our very amazing friends back on who are also our parenting experts, Chris and Rose from Expect the Best. Welcome! (laughs) So nice to be here in the next lockdown with you. <laughs> we were we were just looking back, weren't we, G, that the last time we had you guys on was, I think, a couple of days after we entered the first lockdown. It was. Yes. It's yeah. like it's like as soon as we locked down, we're suddenly like, <gasps> we need Chris and Rose. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> How are you guys feeling about this lockdown? Um, we are... Yeah, I think we're okay, aren't we? We, you know, we we're very lucky. We, you know, they've made it quite clear with childcare this time that we can still help and stuff. So it means we can do a lot more um, with parents and families, and we can still go into schools and teach and stuff. So yeah, actually, just gonna crack on. Oh, and so from like a child perspective, do you think this is like a really great thing that there's, you know, the kids can still have some structure? Yeah, absolutely. I know for mine, I th- I was worried about them kind of not going to school again and you know if it if if that happens again then it happens again and we'll deal with that but um for them it it feels like not much has changed um because they're at school and so they're carrying on and the school seems to be dealing with it really well so that's good yeah and I guess for anybody that's feeling the anxieties around it um you know any new mums that are listening what would your advice be Chris I think it's I mean, it's, we've done it, that classic line is that we've done it before and we can do it again. Take those moments if you do have childcare to really rest, recuperate and just like look after yourself even more because that way you can be, you know, even more confident and with it when you're with your children. You know, we've got that bit of respite. We've got that care. We can have grandparents as well, which is great. Um, So just, you know, take those moments and don't try and do everything. 
you know yeah. like do do if you want to do the bare minimum do the bare minimum like it's fine we've got a road ahead let's just do it together and ask for help yeah. when in doubt ask for help and do you think there's any point in telling our children about this lockdown again? Because I haven't actually mentioned it to them. Like I haven't, I mean, Isla, obviously she's coming up for eight, so she kind of gets it a little bit more, but I haven't said anything to the other two because mm. I just don't think they need to hear it. Well, when they're that young, I guess not, like it only affects children if, you know, there's some clubs that they can't do at the weekend. Yeah. Like, you know, if you if you normally go swimming, you can't do swimming, but you could also just say the pool shut. It's, I guess it's difficult, isn't it? Because they've said it's going to be four weeks, but I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's a good idea, Zoe. When they're that young, there's no point upsetting, especially like someone like Kit. What's the point of explaining it to him when we're kind of just in it if there's no need at the moment? Yeah, exactly. yeah. He know he just run and charge at the wall and headbutt it on purpose. So. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be fine. So um, a couple of days ago, we asked um, our followers to send in some questions all to do with breastfeeding and bottle feeding. Now, Zoe and I have done both, haven't we? Yes. Um, And had different experiences as well, both times. But there's certain questions which we felt like we needed to bring in the experts to answer. Mm. Um, So shall we get into them, Zoe? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, Nicole has asked how to get a breastfed baby to accept the bottle. As 12-week-old has got older, she just refuses the bottle. This is a really common question that we get asked quite a lot, especially when we're working with first-time mums, um, how how they can get a bit more independence and how they can take the um, bottle. Now, first of all, it's a lot of persistence and staying calm. And I know that sounds a bit like that's not what people want to hear. I can feel people probably shaking their phone right now at me. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a lot of persistence and staying calm. And there's a few other like kind of little tricks that you can do to help the baby want to take the bottle. So first off, I would definitely try um, dipping the teat of the bottle in breast milk, like kind of really enticing the child to want to like latch on and actually latching your baby on as if you would the breast to the bottle that can help give them the same sensation as being on the breast you know sometimes when you put pop your thumb underneath like the nipple to um, put it into Mm. the child's mouth to latch Mm. on that can really help a baby to feel like they're kind of still on the breast um, but wanting to take the teat of the bottle Um, you can also warm the teat of the bottle obviously not so it's like too hot or anything so it softens and has the same texture and feeling as um as the nipple as well and this can help a baby um and entice them more to latch on as well Um, and also you know the classic try them in a different position or get someone else to help feed which I know especially in a lockdown is not very easy yeah. Um, but those little tips around the teat can really help, can't they, Rose? Yeah, and, and I was going to say, I mean, lots of people want to move on to bottles for lots of different reasons. And I think the first thing is is to, you know, if if you're going onto a bottle and you're moving your baby onto a bottle and that's what you want to do, then that's absolutely fantastic. Own that decision. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks about the fact that you're, I think sometimes that can be the start of it. Um, And you know how babies, they all pick up on how we're feeling. And so I know what Chris was saying and it's really irritating, but that just going into it thinking, you know, it's not going to fail is, is sometimes a, you know, a really helpful mentality to have just if it is, if they are struggling, take a step back move positions, move rooms, move wherever you can go to just 
take that moment for you to breathe as well. Because I think sometimes, you know, we're, mm. we're so desperate for them to take it because we feel in whatever way that we failed if they don't take it. But actually, it's 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 more helpful to go, oh, okay, it's a little bit tricky today. What can we do differently? What can what can we kind of, you know, what can I change? Well, <clears throat> I can change the position. I can pop a muslin over my breasts if you're going from breastfeeding to bottle feeding. Um, and if you're you're using, it will differ if you're using breast milk and if you're using formula. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we've got a question about breast breast milk and formula a bit later. So if if you're if you're using breast milk in a bottle, um, then definitely cover up yourself, get somebody else to, to help you. And if you feel them rejecting the bottle, then just remove it before they really, really reject it so that you're keeping it a very happy and calm, um, experience so that they don't start to associate it with the stress of kind of, you know, we've all wanted to, to kind of feel like it's like, come on, just take it, just take it, just take it. Yeah, and actually yeah. kind of t- enticing the mouth with the tea of the bottle as well, kind of like Rose says, getting it on those early cues and, and really alleviating that guilt of that you want to move on to a bottle is actually really key. I mean, we've had mothers come to us at that say they feel selfish because they want to put their baby into a bottle. Oh, God, we hear it so much. It's like, you're not selfish. It makes (sighs) you so upset. It's like, it's your decision. It's your child. It's your body. Do what you like. Is there any truth in the the idea of doing it at the same time every single day? So, for example, there's a lot of of kind of rumours flying around that you shouldn't do it in the, for example, through the night. So if you're trying to get your baby to latch onto a bottle, you know, two o'clock in the morning when they're used to having the the boob and it's dark and, you know, it's warm, they don't want to have like a cold tea going into their mouth. So try it before they get hungry at exactly the same time during the day. I mean, I think what it, what it is with that is that the, the truth in that is that if it's not a stressful time, like at two o'clock yeah. in the morning, you're going to feel better about it because it's not going to be so much affecting your sleep. You know, you want to get back to sleep. And so if you're suddenly trying to have a battle with the bottle, then you're going to feel even more stressed and then it's going to feel like you failed even though you absolutely haven't. So dropping, changing one feed um, that you know is kind of not a, a critical feed for them. So that not that first feed in the morning when they're really, yeah. really, really hungry and then they might be going to get distressed if they can't get as much as they want to get. So you yeah. can, so, you know, picking that sort of mid-morning, mid-afternoon feed where you can really invest that time in it, I I think is just means that it's a it's a, a more relaxing experience for everyone rather than that stress of I've got to do it. Chris, planning to breastfeed, any must-have purchases for expressing, etc., or wait and see question mark? Um, I do you know what? It's so funny that um when I saw this question, um I've had it with a lot of my friends recently who have all had babies, and so the first thing I get is what's the best breastfeeding machine to get? Is it this one that's like four hundred pounds? And although I uh, I you know they're they're all out there in that. The best one I have found and used in experience and um, always recommend to parents is one from Amazon that's about £30. I mean, it makes such a racket. It's like you're in a nightclub. It's like doosh, 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 doosh <laughs> when it goes. But it's fantastic. It really works, really helps to get a lot of milk out. So a good breast pump, 
whatever you feel comfortable, lots of muslins. And actually, I would say silver nipple shields, if you can. They are so fantastic at stopping um, infections, um, you know, bad bacterias, cracking of the nipples. They really are kind of, I would say, a must have if you can if you're going to get anything, because they just really help to protect the nipples, you and your baby. I mean, Georgia, you said, yeah, there, have you heard, did you use them? Or have you heard about how good they are? Yeah, no, 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 I used them. And then one of my friends who had a baby recently, she was using them and she loved them. But also to your point about not spending loads of money on an expensive breast pump at the beginning, absolutely. Because you know, so many of us don't know if we're even going to get on with breastfeeding. So if you go straight in and buy the 400 pound pump, then, you know, you might only breastfeed for two weeks. And then that was that was a waste of time. Absolutely. Um, and I think a good a, a good breastfeeding, um, you know, bra as well, something that unhooks easy, you know, like loose jumpers and stuff. I mean, I you see all these things about, you know, that, that you need to change your clothing and your style all the time. And, you know, that's something that you guys have taught us you don't need to do with, as mums. You can just keep it really loose, really comfortable. You still want to feel really good. I yeah. You feel good. It, it just helps with, you know, breastfeeding as well. So yeah. just keep, you know, don't go out and rush and buy everything. See how you get on. Um, exactly. We live in a world of next day delivery. We're very lucky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only exactly. thing I will say about the, bre- the breastfeeding clothes is that the only time I ever struggled was when I made the absolute error of wearing a dress that wasn't breastfeeding friendly. <laughs> and suddenly I'm going to hoik this dress up over my tummy, over my boobs in a cafe. Just like my arms stuck down one of the arms. I was like, this is a nightmare, like sweating profusely, hating life. And then, yeah, I was just sitting in a pair of tights that were up around my... Uh, you get so stressed don't you I think Georgia I remember your post when you had Gigi you did a whole thing on breastfeeding dresses and even to me I was like these are great thinking I'm gonna breastfeed (laughs) one day I was like yes I'll get this (laughs) do you know what though anything with buttons or anything that you can quickly nip like one of the sleeves down is fine um but yeah equally like Zoe said you don't want to be putting a dress over the top of your head in the middle of a cafe really I mean some (laughs) people some people might be into that but you know we're not really what breast pump did you have G you had the LV didn't you I did I first time around I had the Medela pump um which I got I think for about 60 pounds when it was on sale in boots and it is quite often and it was really really good second time I had the Medela pump because I was getting on a lot better with breastfeeding GG you mean you had the LV second time yes yes so I had yeah the LV sorry second time round because oh yeah I was getting on a lot better but I had Axel who was running around so it was harder for me to stay in one position and pump and it meant I could literally pop it in my bra and I'd be in the supermarket and it would and I'd be pumping and nobody would know so yeah I mean it's it's an investment for sure um and I mean I don't know if it if it was definitely worth it because I didn't breastfeed for six or seven months or whatever but for the time that I used it it was incredible yeah so yeah yeah. we've heard good things yes um next question how to wean off breastfeeding that um kind of kind of falls into like moving on to a bottle doesn't it um you know so kind of similar answers to that it's about um again it's having the confidence and knowing that's what you want to do um, lots of people talk about going cold turkey. Now, it kind of all depends on your situation. Obviously, you don't want to get breast engorgement or something. And that's what can happen by going cold turkey. It's, yeah. it's about like um, doing less breastfeeds, 
expressing less so you're not producing the milk and then starting to offer more bottle feeds like kind of in the day like dropping bottle feeds in um as rose says a really good time to like put in a bottle feed is like a mid-morning especially if you're moving onto formula because lots of children these days have a lot of allergies and lots of reactions and stuff so it's always good to do if you're going to put formula into your baby's diet after being on uh, breast is to do it at a time where you can see if they're going to have like a bit of a tummy upset or a, a slight reaction to it so you you wouldn't want to do that at night and then put them down to bed if that makes yeah. sense yeah um so it's about kind of drip feeding it in slowly and making sure that you just slowly decrease the amount of milk you're producing and not suddenly just stopping because you know you don't want to get into a place with engorgement um it's yeah. I don't know if any of you have that like it's it's yes. so painful for mm for women it is absolutely excruciating and you just have that point where you're just like why am I doing this like yeah. it's just your body just it it can make women feel really crap about themselves as well yeah. and then it can just stop that um that nice flow of feeding so taking your time with it slow slow in with the formula and and, and if you're going to decide you know it can take like a month to slowly stop yeah I mean, some people have to stop completely um, and that's okay, but definitely get your doctor's advice or health visitor's advice if you need to like stop immediately for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Jess. Jess has sent a question, question. Hi, girls. Did you both feel the pressure to breastfeed? Love the podcast. Thanks, Jess. So you answer this first. Oh, I've got so much that I want to say on this, Jess. <laughs> yeah. As you can imagine. Firstly, I just I feel like as a society, we need to stop putting pressure on mothers it is a yeah. fucking ridiculous concept to sit there and tell a new mum that they should be doing this and they're not doing that correctly. So that's what I want to start from. It's 2020. We are entitled to make a decision on whether we want to breast or bottle feed our baby. And there should be no guilt that is around that in any way, shape or form. Yes, yeah. you know, we hear all the health reasons why breastfeeding is better initially with the colostrum and everything else. But fundamentally, Isla, who is my stepdaughter, was a was a bottle fed baby, and she is strong, healthy, happy, has amazingly a beautiful long blonde hair. You know, there is absolutely nothing wrong, and her immunity is incredible. So, yeah. I would just like to say that I never felt the pressure to breastfeed, but um, I wanted to give it a go because of the person that I am, and I just wanted to see if I could do it. It wasn't really about what it was going to be doing to Luna; it was more about, look, this is a challenge. Um, I knew it was going to be tricky because I'd spoken to friends who were like, "Look, it's not as easy as all the pictures make out." You know, the moment where the baby just latches on and looks up at you, and you have this beautiful up moment. To your breast. <laughs> oh, I mean, for me, it was like toe curling agony for from weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. But I did get into my flow with it at about six weeks with Luna, and then I had an amazing six weeks where we trundled around Cheltenham and I was breastfeeding everywhere do you remember G it yes. was like yeah so exactly. I think I think what I want to say is just take the pressure off yourself um, yeah. if you're pregnant and thinking about it it's completely your choice and it's absolutely okay whatever you decide so I think an important point to make is also often your journey into motherhood how it starts can impact you know whether or not you want to breastfeed if you had a really traumatic birth you know, the first few days, you might be feeling absolutely awful. And so the last thing you want to do is to try and breastfeed. Um, and that's absolutely fine. It's just about following your gut instinct, not, you know, not looking at anybody else for for advice or pressure. Um, and just, yeah, doing what feels comfortable. I personally didn't feel any pressure to breastfeed either. Um, 
And you know what? Like, Zoe, was you breastfed? Was your friend breastfed? We don't, it's not something you talk about when you go to school, is it? Like, oh, well, I was breastfed or I was bottle fed. I was about to ask that. Do people people ask you now they're older whether you breastfed or bottle fed? (laughs) No. No. Oh my God, yeah, I did. Yeah, I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is this something we have to put on our CVs? No. I would just like to add from like kind of mine and Rose's point of view, what is best for your newborn baby? It is the mother feeling happy and healthy. Yes. It, not not breast is best. Mum is best. Yeah. Mum, parent is best. Parent. Guardian is best. Yeah. It is not about what you put into your baby's mouth, whether it's a breast or a bottle. It drives me, oh my God, I'm actually, I've got my hands in the air. I'm doing that flappy thing. <laughs> it drives me insane. Me and Rose get this all the time. And we're like, what is best for you? What do you mm. want to do? It's about having a happy parent. Yeah, I remember absolutely. the moment that I gave Luna formula for the first time. My mum was there and Dozza was there, and I, she, my boob. Oh my gosh, I was in such a mess. I had mastitis, the bleeding, the pussing, the oozing. I mean, it was. I was just a mess, basically. And um, my mum was like, look, why don't you just make up a little bit of formula and give it to her? She seems really hungry. I wasn't producing enough milk. Like I could get, I think I could get like only four ounces out of my right and only two out of my left. And yeah. it's just, I just, you know, for some reason it just at that point just wasn't working for me. And I was like, I can't, I can't. And I remember the moment that she handed me the bottle and I gave it to her and I just, Luna was just like, <laughs> she was just, and, and suddenly she was settled and relaxed and happy. But that, that made me just howl I was crying and crying and crying because I thought I was poisoning her and I kept saying it. it's just like how ridiculous that that's how we're yeah feel by whatever exactly. society people making comments whatever it's like if it works for you and it makes you have a happy baby you have to do it yeah so true <laughs> so true um we've had a question in which says why is burping such a bitch <laughs> <laughs> Rose. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, Rose, you can take this one. <laughs> well, I was going to say, some are hard to burp. And it's, you know, we're, I think we're told all the time, you know, get that burp out of them, get that burp out of them. And actually, the best way to do it is to just experiment with what works best for your your baby and what gets them <laughs> to burp. But you're right, it can yeah. be really... Um, it, it can it can it can take a while and it and for some babies it can take quite a long time to get that yeah. burp out but if you lie them down sometimes what I do is that I'll sit them up and then I'll slowly put them down to a lying flat position and then slowly bring them back up again and then continue the rubbing and sometimes that yeah. helps to just get that it get it moving um yeah. and I found and you know some over the shoulder some sitting on your knee yes you know and if you've had if you've had enough and you're like I've sat here for a long time if you can get somebody else to have a go then you know that's great appreciate that that might not be possible for some people but absolutely um it it can it can be tough (laughs) and I think as well it's good to mention some it's really difficult if you've got a baby that's got reflux yeah um, burping and moving them around a lot is the last thing you want to do. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, it's really difficult. So you've got to find that time and the balance and just work out what tricks you. There is no right or wrong when it comes to burping. Everyone will be different. Everybody will want to do it differently. So just, you know, ease into it and find what, what works for you. Yeah, and that's probably yeah. worth mentioning. If they do have reflux, don't do that, lowering them down and putting them back up again because that will um, aggravate things. 
Um, so that's a good point. Um, we've had a lot of questions about either babies um, refusing the bottle or, you know, parents trying to get their baby onto a bottle so I think we've kind of answered that but I think in short if you are one of those people that sent in a question about either baby refusing the bottle that you feel stuck that you want help on that what would be your like top five points Chris just quickly so we can cover all those ones off it would again be kind of what I mentioned earlier so like softening the teat dipping um dipping it in um breast milk tapping the bottom of the bottle when feeding yeah. them sometimes helps to relieve air bubbles and that because that can be you know um um, what causes it, having a different position to feed in, feed just before the normal feeding cue times and try in a bit more of an upright position as if they're sitting. And, you know, just take your time with it. Don't force it and 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 go, go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and also George, George and I really <laughs> love the man bottles. We don't really hear that much noise around them. People that know, know. Like, it's like, if you know, you know. Yes, but, it um, is. <laughs> they're also anti-reflux bottles as well. Yeah. So, and you don't have to sterilize. You can just pop them in the, I mean, you have to, sorry, you have to sterilize them, but you can just pop them in the microwave. They're like self-sterilizing bottles. Um, so they're actually really good ones to try out. But yeah, we, ha- we both had loads of success with those, didn't we? Yeah, definitely my favorite bottle is the ones yeah. that I would recommend to, you know, yeah. everyone. Um, someone said, Zoe, your boobs look hot here. <laughs> I say, thank you very much. Since I went on my HRT, my boobs have shot up to their normal breast cup size. Thank you very Yay! much. <laughs> You're going to be seeing those more and more. <laughs> um, the next question Is a dummy a good idea to get longer periods between feeds? you know this whole chat about to dummy or not to dummy again honestly georgia and zoe it's if you want to like it can help um babies go longer through feeds like putting your finger in their mouth so they can suck on something to keep them extending but you've got to think why it's got to be like why are you doing that are you doing it just to try and keep the feeds going or maybe your baby's going for a hungry period and needs to be fed a bit early um definitely if you're trying to get into quite a solid routine it can be a good idea but then you have to make peace with the fact that your baby's going to have a dummy and so yeah. it's whether you want to introduce one generally yeah. for all things or not if not I would try you know thumb finger in the mouth um those sorts of things can help extend a baby moving around changing where you are but if you're happy to use a dummy then I would say completely why not I don't know if you agree Rose well I was going to say yeah absolutely I think the 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 question that you have to ask yourself is is it are you using it you know in the early days they are going to feed little and often um and so are you extending are you are you needing to extend the feeds because you want to get them onto a schedule or because you feel that you have to um so that's the kind of the first thing um and secondly you know if they are a very fussy baby um and it just helps to keep them calm in between feeds then absolutely go for it um but you know I think we've we've also a bit like with breastfeeding and bottle feeding etc we've been made to feel guilty about dummies again if you want to use one go for it if you don't then that's also absolutely fine well Georgia wrapped in guilt isn't it (laughs) (laughs) no it is I was gonna say because um Gigi still has a dummy now never had any issues with it and I mean I sort of plan to take it away I guess at some point but 
she doesn't wake up for it in the night. She doesn't have it in the day. I just think, oh, it's fine. Whereas Axel got to just before he was one and he was lobbing the dummy out of the car. Like it, it drove me mad. So I had to just go cold turkey. Like that was it. It's gone. Um, so yeah, just. I yeah. think as well, again, mentioning with reflux. Um, we've had a lot of babies. It really can help a baby that mm. has reflux a dummy yeah. because yeah. the suckling motion can help, you know, settle the tummy down. So if you have got a baby that you're finding really hard to wind and they're laying down and every, they're just like, they're just crying and being a lot in pain, definitely look into reflux because they could have silent reflux. And the dummy really helps those babies that, you know, we worked with a client recently and they were really anti-dummies because of guilt and the way that their her mother-in-law had made her feel which is just so sad. And we were just, you know, slowly, we can't tell someone what to do, but advising. And she gave the baby a dummy and he slept. And she was like, I I don't know why I waited. What is wrong? And I was like, nothing's wrong with you. It's people making you feel like that. Like Rose said, the dummy's wrapped up in guilt, just like using a bottle is. So if you want to use it, use it. It's what's right for your baby and you in that moment. So we'll be back right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The moments that made me with me, Roxy Nafusi, is back. And series two has got some incredible guests lined up. Here is a little taster. People see mental illness as a weakness, but I think people with mental illness are stronger. I'm a proud gay man now. I feel proud every single day. So then I had to go about the task of trying to accept it because I wasn't going to get plastic surgery and I wasn't going to change it. You know, those moments in your life, it was like a thunderbolt. Was it really? A big time. The conversations I've been having have blown my mind and I cannot wait for you guys to hear what's to come. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss one of our amazing episodes. They will be out every Wednesday morning. That's The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi. Find it wherever you found this podcast. Welcome back. Now, where were we? Um, Here's one from Amandine. Um, lovely name. Did you enjoy breastfeeding? Because personally I didn't and I was sure, I was so sure that I was going to love it. So what about you, G? My nipples were bleeding. Um, I had mastitis. I felt awful. Um, I was on antibiotics for them. Like it, it was just not a nice experience. And I don't know if that's anything to do with being a first time mum and just not really feeling comfortable and, you know, it all being very new. Um, because second time round, it wasn't like that at all. And as you know, and I said on here that 
I wasn't even planning to breastfeed at all. I thought, you know, what's the point? I really did enjoy it the first time around. Axel was fine. I'm not going to do it. And actually, I really, you know, I didn't mind it with Gigi. It got to a point where I didn't enjoy it anymore. And I stopped straight away as soon as I wasn't enjoying it. So, you know what, you're not alone in feeling like that. And I think a lot of people do feel like that. And it's not for everybody, you know, it's, it's not for mm. everybody. Not everyone mm. is going to enjoy everything. Mm. Um, I think it's just one of those things that, it's supposed to be the most natural thing in the world and you know in some cases love it, it. yeah it exactly really reason I love when I, when we hear positive breastfeeding stories it makes me really happy yeah because I think both and I like Georgia said I think second time around she found it a lot easier didn't you Jean? oh I really enjoyed it it was so it was great it was so yeah. easy but I think you definitely go through ups and downs with it and it's not as straightforward as people make it make out to be and I I think and actually both Georgia and I feel that there should be a lot more education in breastfeeding um, and bottle feeding before baby comes along like if the breastfeeding volunteer hadn't knocked on the ward door and been like does anyone need any help with breastfeeding I wouldn't have known what the fuck I was doing like I didn't yeah. have I was on my own in the hospital nobody had shown me how to do it I hadn't done any of the NCT or bump to baby classes or whatever and I was just like I've got this tiny little thing that's screaming at me and I was like oh mm. fuck oh fuck this isn't working so yeah. Also, yeah. the fact that you said volunteer there um Zoe yeah. it has to be a volunteer that it doesn't offer you know when when people have babies you know 40 years ago you would get like um taught how to make bottles and doing all these things that doesn't exist anymore because no. it's just so busy but it needs to come back so yeah. people feel like they've got options and choices and they know what they want to do yeah, yeah absolutely right. next one um, there's been quite a few questions around moving from formula to cow's milk and whether that should be from a bottle to a sippy cup or, you know, just basically moving them to to the normal cow's milk from formula. What are your tips um, to introduce that? Well, I was going to say, Chris and I were talking about this earlier because we were, you know, that actually the best thing to do is to just, you know, there's no kind of magic way to introduce um you know cow's milk um but you know again you can um pick a feed to swap them onto cow's milk um lots of children love a sippy cup and it then becomes it's quite exciting you know they're 12 months and they're starting to look for that little bit of independence and they they like the fact that it's in a sippy cup um some children really still love to have their their baby bottle with with the milk in um again you know just not worrying about it too much not feeling sort of you know that there's a failure if they don't like it straight away you know that we're asking them to like a whole new flavor um in mm. almost the same way as you know when we're weaning and we start weaning and if they don't like a texture or a or a flavor we don't sort of worry about it um you know it's the same with moving them onto cow's milk um and yeah we, we it can take a few times like rose says you know a baby doesn't know if they like something until they've tried it at least 10 times when it comes to weaning so yeah. obviously some people you can introduce cow's milk from six months when you're starting to wean into food but going straight to it as rose said they like bottles you have to find the right sippy cup can i suggest not a tommy tippy cup one where they can turn it over and just bash it on the high chair and it all comes out everywhere yes. non-spill people non-spill um, and also um, if your baby does have uh cmpa which obviously kit had um obviously cow's milk is off the yeah. agenda which is absolutely fine too and that was something that i was worried about he was on near kate and then i had to completely switch him and i did so many you know we tried so many alternative milks for kit um we found that the it weirdly the oat milk was bringing him out in a rash 
Um, and that was bizarre because oats are supposed to be really settling and he was having porridge in the morning. So I was like, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> um, but but it was definitely that. Uh, we tried him on um, cashew nut. We tried it. I mean, you name it, we tried it. And then eventually we settled on the soy milk, the growing up milk with the giraffe on the mm. front. And that's what he has. And he has one bottle, um, actually still has a bottle in a sippy cup before bed every night. And he's nearly three. And I have to froth Gigi's milk um, on my coffee <laughs> and on my coffee machine. No. So- Oh, George, I want to be your child. I want broth milk. She went straight in with the baby chinos. Um, (laughs) Amazing. Oh, gosh. Um, Oh, here we go. This is a question. Um, Yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say, if we're talking about milks, which milk do you recommend? That's quite interesting. Yeah, so formula-wise, I mean, any milk that's on the market is pretty good. I mean, that you get the hip, the Aptamil, the Cow and Gate SMA, and then for more, you know, um, Zoe, you just said the milk that Kit was on, and there's also one called Nutramagen, which is for baby with allergies, and they have a hypoallergenic range. Yeah, as well. Um, And also, you know, it comes down to like, some people was like, do I use powder or ready-made? Whatever you want. I mean, one thing they don't tell you is that powder actually has a longer lasting date than the ready-made bottles. Um, So it's kind of, they're there for ease, they're a bit more expensive, but they are great if you're like going out and about and you don't want to do the powder, although you can get those like powder separators. I mean, all the milks are great. Personally, I couldn't even really choose, but a lot of people like Aptamil, but I don't know, what did you guys use? Um, Goat's milk. Oh yeah, you used goats, didn't you? I used hip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I used hip, and G- interestingly, Gigi could only um, tolerate the pre-made. And yeah. I, re- I remember the health visitor saying that I think it's sometimes easier to digest yeah. um, at the beginning. So I think that's why quite often, you know, they they have those tiny little newborn bottles of milk, don't they? Um, because it's, it's sometimes easier to digest. I mean, I don't know if that's true. That's just what she told me. And yeah. I did I did find whenever I tried to use powder for quite a while, actually, um, she she would have a tummy ache after. Maybe I wasn't making it right. but I think as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you weren't frothing it. You weren't frothing it. Um, I wanted to just quickly mention, like, whilst we're just quickly talking about feeds and stuff, and if people are having trouble with their baby, wanting to, you know, needing more milk and stuff. One thing that a lot of parents don't know is that that teats come in different sizes and different flows. And I think it's really important to mention that if you feel like your baby's not getting enough milk or they're feeling unsettled, struggling to feed, just check they're on the right teat for what they need. Because I think that's something that can be missed quite a lot and nobody tells tells you yeah no do you know what that's so so true one of my mates I think her little boy was about 12 months old and he was still on the number one um (laughs) teats and um I think it took her a while to discover it and she felt so awful but you know no one actually no one mentions that actually you don't read about that anywhere no one really talks about it do they Mm. um so yeah Yeah, watch that definitely because it must be so frustrating if you are. I mean, both ways, both ways round really. Like if you're a newborn and you've got like a flow four and you're like choking and spluttering on the milk, or <laughs> yeah. like you know if you're like ten months old and you're just desperate for a bigger feed and you've still got the number one teat. So yeah, <laughs> definitely check it. Um, we've got a message from Mrs. Wallace who says help to breastfeed after elected C-section booked in in three weeks. Um, so this is um, one that we, we've we had a few times as well. Um, with, the, with a C-section, I think lots of people are worried that their milk won't come through. 
Um, it will. They um, Lots of people in hospital midwives often get you to do skin to skin straight away to try and help like create the flow of milk. But the milk will certainly come through. It's just about being careful with positioning. You won't be able to hold it, the baby in the natural feeding position because obviously it would be on where you've had your C-section, which could be quite painful. Um, if you really want to use that position, we'd suggest, you know, making sure you use a pillow. Um, but normally kind of like the rugby um, style holding the baby kind of like under yeah. the arm and then to the breast is more comfortable with a C-section. I like that one. Um, yeah. And it's good to know as well, in, you know, when you're in hospital, if you've had an epidural and a, a C-section, you'll be ready to kind of go on the breast straight away. If you've gone under, you're going to wake up groggy. So it will, you won't be able to go straight to breastfeeding just because you'll be a little bit all over the place. Hopefully on some morphine, having a lovely time. Uh, <laughs> so it's about making sure, and when you're at home, you really do need some help, partner, like people come in, make sure you've got people coming in to check and helping position the baby on for you. Um, you know, it, it will happen. You just got to make sure you're looking after, again, looking after yourself first. Yeah. Um, another question here. My little girl is eight months as is on, and is on three meals a day, but I'm struggling to get her to drink milk in the day. Help. Oh, Rose, we had this one recently, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, the thing is, is when they this is this is such a this is such a common thing, and I think we we are told, you know, from um, straight off that you know what that milk is their main source of food for the first twelve months, and the reality is is that once they're on three meals a day, they are often find you often find that they drop right back on their milk I think yeah I think the things to kind of think about are the timings of those bottles are the timings of the bottles still working in in relation to the the meals um and so therefore are they actually is it that you're quite often expecting them to have breakfast say and then have a bottle in which yeah. case they're unlikely to be hungry um so just changing up that um you know the timings a bit and also just looking at how much they're having in a whole you know 24 hour period as as opposed to focusing on each individual feed because sometimes that can it can look worse than it actually is when you actually add up how much they've had um and you know just just again not trying to try not to stress about it children go through hungriest phases not so hungry it's all to do with their growth spurts that they're having what transitional stages they're in and sometimes it drops off a bit and then it will suddenly pick back up again um so you know try not to worry um too too much um and you know if obviously if you have real concerns then absolutely go to your doctor okay we'll finish on ellie um why does no one warn you that you hate um this is brilliant why does no one warn you Hate your partner touching your boobs after breastfeeding. <laughs> Ellie, <laughs> no one actually wants to scare you off it forever. That's why. No, um, I know. I, it's taken me nearly two, yeah, two and a half years to be in a position where I feel comfortable with Dozer touching and kissing my boobs now. Before, really? I was, oh, yeah, I, was I, I was, yeah. Get off. Do not, every time he went down there with his mouth, this flash of Kit's face just came up or Luna's face. <laughs> and I was like, this is not sexy. This is awful. This is like a horror oh. film. <laughs> Do you know what? I was actually talking to James about this the other day. Like, uh, uh, yeah, he was like, I never see your boobs anymore. And I'm like, yeah, because I was breastfeeding from these boobs, like, 
12 months ago or whatever and I'm still not over it like I still feel very yeah yeah, it is you get flashbacks you're right you you totally get flashbacks um (laughs) the worst is when it will go away the worst is when they like you know because obviously nipples used to be something that's arousing and then when you've got you know the person that you fancy kind of kissing them and caressing them and then you look down you're like trying to feel some sort of pleasure and you're like "Ah, ah." I just close my eyes and go one two three I just start counting my head for some and then I'm like move his head off them but I tell you what Ellie (laughs) that's very honest but that's true recently I've been able to get it so I would if, if it hasn't been a couple of years I think it's yeah. yeah you'll be fine you'll so get so normal yeah. absolutely um what a one to end on hey um, i love chris, that <laughs> chris and rose thank you so much for coming thank back you. on obviously if you've got any questions around breast or bottle feeding or any questions around parenting full stop chris and rose from expect the best are your guys they are absolute legends so obviously send them a dm um will you come back on again absolutely Absolutely. and just remember what it's what's best for you as the parent not breast is best or bottle is best what's best for you 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 what a great way to end (laughs) (laughs) um and so we will be back on tuesday won't we yes we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast as always please um and if you do get time to give us a little five star review that would be absolutely amazing yeah and do drop us a message at made by mamas or on zoe's own channel at zoe harvman and have a lovely weekend staying at home bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.